Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so what happened today? <laughs> a lot happened today. I feel like it was a really long day. I got up super early this morning to get all our stuff packed because we were leaving our uh, hotel. In Grund in Grundin Grindel Grundenfjordur. Grundenfjordur. Yeah. So we went from there and then we were heading to oh, we were going to take a hike from a place called Arnestapi to Helknar. Mm-hmm. But it was the morning was kind of um poopy. Yeah, to say the least. It was <laughs> like it was snowy and wet and cold it was and like windy. Slushy so, snow falling from the sky yeah, not, and like whipping you in the face a little bit. Yeah, so not not great for a hike. So yeah. we decided to scratch that because the weather didn't seem like it was gonna get better. So instead we drove to Well, we went to the supermarket we got our breakfast. We got fresh made pizza Bun, buns. Like little buns. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee. Like usual. Just like um, a quick. Icelandic yogurt, which is delicious. Yeah. It's thick. No, it's thick. Like it's more than thick. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, a cement. It's a solid, it's, <laughs> but it's yeah, really good. <laughs> it's really good. It is really good. And, um, so the other, th- but so we, we decided to scratch the, um, the hike, but, the other thing we were going to do, which we still did, was the shark museum called Bjornhofen. Mm-hmm. That was a shark museum, mm-hmm. and it's run really... by the cutest, sweetest people you could ever meet. Yeah, it's like a, it's a family. It's a family of, well, I don't know of how many, but it was. I think there was an older lady running the cash, and then there was a guy that was conducting the the, mm-hmm. the, the tour or whatever you want to call it or the explanation. Mm-hmm. And they they were a family of shark fishermen that have been doing it for generations generations upon generations so we went here and you basically pay what 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 would be 10 canadian dollars a piece to go to Mm -hmm. this this thing and they tell you all about how uh they make the what was it what's it called there's there's a name for this for this icelandic delicacy it's a fermented shark yeah Uh, like there's an actual name for it though Oh, I don't know. I didn't get that. Do you have, do you have the phone? Do you have um, the phone? Let's, let's, let's give it a quick... Uh, Google search. Quick Google search. Because it's a good name. The phone. The communal phone. Yeah. Should I give a phone update? There isn't really much <laughs> to go off of. But yeah. It's, apparently it's, my phone is still in Terminal 3. Yeah. Which I think is a good sign. Yeah. You can, but, yeah, but so it's because we'll so my phone has become the phone rather than my phone. It's, it's a communal. It's the phone. Okay. Um, um, okay, so what? Just type in Icelandic fermented shark. Icelandic fermented shark. Harkal? Hakarl? Hakarl? Hakarl. Hakarl, yeah. Is that? I think that's. I think I remember it being starting with an H, so something along those lines. So Hakarl, Hakarl, Hakarl. I don't know. When you look it up, it looks really disgusting. Like what the fermented shark looks like, but it actually wasn't that bad. So yeah, we've heard like this is something that I've wanted to try since knowing about Iceland and 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 desiring to come to Iceland because I've heard it be being called the the worst tasting thing of all time mm-hmm. like we've had we've tried uh durian before mm-hmm. which is this it looks like a delicious fruit that's like a spiky look kind of looks like a spiky pineapple with no with no uh top leaf yeah but it smells like 
garbage and onions and feet and armpits <laughs> and, and it tastes like that with like a sweet potato texture it's really gross. it's it's uh, that's and everything horrid. everything it touches or that comes smells, within like a yeah. hundred foot proximity yeah. smells like, like during yeah. for the rest of their life and i'm pretty sure <laughs> and so we've heard that this fermented shark is actually worse than that so i was naturally i was okay in, in well la- before intrigued. we before we left for iceland i looked up fermented shark with uh julie one of my cousins and mm. she found out or she read somewhere that it tastes like blue cheese which made me really apprehensive to which try it that's not that... it didn't really taste like blue cheese no i don't think it did but at all. that just made me like not want to try it i was like it's so gross yeah i was thinking it might taste like sashimi or like a fishier well yeah sushi, well like but... one way or another you have to if you're gonna go to iceland you have to try this it's just like it's 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 so this history that this guy told us was really interesting actually it became somewhat of of a of a staple um in the icelandic diet for the past like over the past four four or five hundred years he said it kind of became became a thing Mm -hmm. and the reason it was this was well first of all it's it's a it's an it's a greenland deep sea deep ocean cold water shark Mm -hmm. so i think they call i think it's actually actually just called the greenland shark and it's huge it's massive i think it goes i think it's like he said anywhere from seven to eight hundred kilos wasn't it four meters long or something it can be four, it can be up to four meters long i think he said seven to eight hundred kilos and he said the only other shark that really is is a, is a threat to it is the great white mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't really come into contact because a uh, great white is a i think he said it's a warm water um and it's like and it's, it's more towards the surface yeah. whereas this guy is like can go a thousand to twelve hundred meters deep so crazy and it's a cartilage shark so it's like uh it's it doesn't uh, have any bones yeah it's like really jaw, soft yeah i think like it's teeth i think right yeah. or maybe yeah maybe it's job but anyways it's it, it's for specifically this shark um and so i guess back in the day back you know centuries ago people would fish the f- fish the shark because they said about 20 or 30 percent of its weight was its liver mm-hmm. and they would they would hunt it because the liver oil that you would get from it was was that was iceland's number number one export and they would they would export it to europe and they would use it to light street lamps and and the rich people would would Mm -hmm. light would light their indoor lamps it was more uh coveted than whale oil because Uh, it was cleaner right because he said that that whenever you'd burn whale oil you would leave it would leave salt on the side of the yeah Yeah. whereas with the shark you wouldn't get as much but i think the whale one was cheaper so they started to get more towards go more towards that one and then eventually that became obsolete they didn't use yeah to fuel well that was like later on i imagine but i think i think they didn't say that something like that they went to the whale because it was easier to get and then because of the inferior product mm-hmm. they went back to the to the shark yeah but but another yeah. i think another reason was that like so they would fish these sharks for this for their liver but for they found out uh, you know relatively quickly that this the whale the actually the shark the shark meat was actually mm-hmm. it was toxic you couldn't you couldn't eat it even if you cooked it even if you fried it even if you whatever did anything to it it was toxic you would get sick he said even he's even heard the guy he said he even heard stories of people going blind Mm -hmm. um and dying Dying, yeah and um so yeah he he so they found out but then but then then he then he said eventually they found out that you can put it through this fermentation process and that would actually just like kill any sort of 
bad bacteria Mm -hmm. and bring to the surface all the good bacteria. You don't have to add any kind of like chemical or any component to it for it to start fermenting and for that those toxins to be eliminated it just happens naturally yeah so he was saying it's really unique that way they put it in this in this in these crates these like let's say like four by four crates maybe three feet deep Mm -hmm. and there's it looks like and it's got wood paneling but each panel has about like maybe two or three inches of space in between Mm -hmm. because he said you need oxygen to get entered through the side of the wood as Mm -hmm. and they basically cut it into i think he said two or no like like five kilo slabs like like slabs of meat and they would just kind of like layer them in this in this crate and you needed um you needed a space for the oxygen to flow through and for the juices to kind of leak out mm-hmm. and for like all the water and stuff to leak out and they, you mm-hmm. would basically and you just leave it there and you just and he sits. said it was the smelliest process yeah he said it was really smelly <laughs> and uh, well you could smell yeah. it when you drove well, on the property you could smell fish well right as soon away. as you walk into the museum which is why they don't they don't cure this stuff in the museum it's still stung it smelled like fish yeah um so they they somehow found out that if you just throw these slabs of meat, this shark meat, into this crate and leave it there, he said it was like a six to eight week week process, and for it to be for for it to ferment uh, mm-hmm. f- fully, and then they would hang them to dry for another five to six months mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah. it was like a, basically a six seven month process for this thing to happen, and it could only they could only do it in cold months because if it goes below a certain temperature, it, it will rot. It will or, rot or yeah. does it, 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 it like will yeah it will spoil basically so super easy they just cut these these pieces of shark out throw them in a box let them sit there for six to eight weeks and then mm-hmm. let them hang dry for another few months and that way you get this this sort of dried uh shark and then they, the skin would turn kind of this golden brown it look it actually looks really appetizing it looks like a yeah. piece of like cured pork or something mm-hmm. um and he actually oh yeah and the other thing he said was that they don't him his family who were fishermen for generations upon generations haven't fished a shark or shark i guess shark to shark mm-hmm. i guess you don't call them fishing is it sharking <laughs> yeah i guess so. well they are uh, technically a fish so okay fair enough um but they haven't they haven't actually uh fished a shark in 70 years he said because i guess i guess for, for sustainability purpose for reasons and he found any and then so all the shark all the shark that they still do um process is are he called them bycatches from these these fishing vessels that i guess fish the deep waters um and it's and it's they the one when they accidentally get a, a greenland shark in their net they would they would rather they so people he said people would ask why don't they just throw them back but apparently as soon as it goes above the pressure of uh, of where, what it's used to it can kind of mess up with its head mm-hmm. um if you bring it into the boat and then you throw it back into the water because it's a cartilage shark it would actually like hurt it and damage it so it's actually more humane to kill it and, mm-hmm. and use its use its body for for resources rather yeah. than rather than throw it back if you it would be like breaking someone's arm and throwing them back and or okay you know breaking an animal's arm and throwing it back into the wild for fun yeah right? like it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't be cruel it would be very cruel so mm-hmm. his whole family has only has only had uh uh bycatch sharks in the past for the past 70 years which any any they have no shortage there's actually we actually go went to go see the drying house and there's mm-hmm. tons yeah. tons of pieces of shark yeah yeah and um so yeah part of this tour was he gave us this kind of 10 15 minute spiel on on what it, all the history of it and how it works and all this stuff and then you can try the shark so so 
we uh i was so apprehensive to try it were, but yeah. <laughs> yeah they they didn't have the pieces cut too big which i think was it was a like good tactic a centimeter by a centimeter yeah maybe and even smaller they serve it with a little piece of rye bread icelandic yeah. rye bread which is like a little sweet yeah and so the the lady had come in she said okay when you try it um you typically have a piece of the rye bread and then the, was it the shark on top i think he's picked you you, got, you have a toothpick you go shark and then you go rye bread i don't yeah. know if, i don't know if it really matters but it was a process that they explained yeah. to us so, so well, he, he, that was how we ate the first bite and it was it, it okay it wasn't terrible durian is definitely worse 100 percent durian like i would either worse. i would eat a handful of that shark before i eat an, a piece of durian handful would be tough but okay, I, 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 I wouldn't eat a handful of durian either I don't know what I would do in that situation but yeah it wasn't too bad and then you had a piece by itself well because the guy said what he said what you do you you take a piece with the bread and then he's like I highly recommend that you have it just the shark alone like just you try just the piece of shark by itself right oh and the other thing too was that just to rewind a bit there was uh, they said that this became such a staple in the icelandic diet because it added you were able to add more bulk to your to your food so food scarcity became um, Mm -hmm. less of a thing so if you had like a bowl of oats or whatever a bowl of whatever like rice i guess you would just throw a bunch of this shark in it because you had so much of it that not now that you could eat it and you could ferment it and it was really Mm -hmm. easy to really, really easy to preserve um you could throw it in your food and it would just be it would just be more of it so you'd be fuller you'd be you'd be healthier mm-hmm. and, f- and fermented foods are really really good for your gut they're really like yeah. overall health and, and digestion so one of the i think they said it's the healthiest food you can get in iceland yeah especially because they don't add anything to it no it's literally just shark mm-hmm. it's pure shark not cooked no seasoning no nothing nothing yeah. at all whatsoever it's just shark in a crate and mm-hmm. it, you, shark crate weight <laughs> There you That's go. A great slogan. There you go. Should patent that yeah, and become I, a shark fisherman. Should become an Icelandic <laughs> sharker. But yeah, so you tried it on its so, own, yes. and how did you feel about so that? So I actually prefer the shark by itself without the rye bread. The rye bread was kind of weird. It had this like kind of sweetness to it, and it I don't know. It was kind of sour at the same time. It, I don't know. I didn't. I find it didn't really go well with the shark. Hmm. But the shark itself, first of all, it has like this sort of like chewy like if anybody if you ever had sashimi it's like a tougher sashimi that's the kind of flavor that's the kind of texture it has right the flavor is like a salty sour fishy taste <laughs> the sour is what gets me well yeah because it's like it's, it's like, like it's weird because it's like it's super salty which is yeah. or like i get not super salty but it's like it's, it tastes like it's salted but there's no salt on it and then it's kind of got a sour taste but it's really and then a really strong fishy taste as well yeah so it's not it's not terrible yeah, you it's, said it reminded you of. Um, it kind of reminds, yeah, but like like Papu used to make smelts. Mm-hmm. I found, and then but it was like it was like a much stronger, more way more potent version of that, with a little bit of sourness to it, rather than like all salt, right? So it wasn't bad. If you like fish and if you like strong tastes, you might actually actually like it. Um, and apparently they said this like it, it, people have this at parties it's like a it's like a delicacy did like, he say that yeah like people oh like gosh. when you have parties they, it's like a big thing you have it there and stuff oh that would be so after we left i felt like my mask i still feel like my mask smells like fish oh because you ate it and were breathing in the mask yeah yeah disgusting yeah. so that mask is going in the trash but it was definitely a really cool experience like I it was, was an amazing so, experience yeah. i'm not poo-pooing on it at all it was just 
it's one it of was, those it was definitely a food that's for an acquired palate or yeah. like it would take a while to get used to but i appreciated the story behind it and like learning about the whole process yeah and then like meeting that family they were so cute and so nice and yeah yeah it was just an awesome yeah and the museum itself was really cool because mm-hmm. you have like it wasn't just about sharks they had all these kind of yeah if you're if you're a vegan or an animal rights activist you definitely don't want to go to this place because yeah. they had hundreds of stuffed birds and seals and seal like seal paws i guess and they had full seals oh yeah, yeah. they had a full seal they had like ev- every basically every stuffed animal labeled it was really cool to see like yeah, all the different yeah. birds and stuff that were available there crabs mm-hmm. like giant crabs um, and then they had like walls of all the tools because I guess like this is a it's a very old it's a generational farm yeah. I think so, and you, so they so you, kept all the tools probably that their great grandparents used mm-hmm. and their parents you know yeah and you can tell they're like these rusted old tools and it's cool it's like a, it's a museum of of human ingenuity right like mm-hmm. you see like you imagine all the tools that need to, you need to be created in order to make this tool and then and then advance and go further on to the next tool and it's like it just it's really really cool like all, all these things and then there's pictures of like i guess this guy's grandfather who was doing it back in the day and mm-hmm. he had like you know all this just all these things all these like old school ways of doing you know icelandic you know traditional icelandic work mm-hmm. it's really cool um but yeah what did you think of the of the fermented shark overall oh, i guess i guess you did i don't know if you i don't know if you gave your your critique your culinary critique of it yeah, I mean, I kind of did. It, I, I can't say that I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't say I enjoyed it either. But I'm happy that we had that experience. Yeah, it was something like, that I don't think I would ever eat again, just because. Yeah, me either. I don't think I don't really have an interest in eating it. it. Yeah, it didn't make me feel good. Like if you want something like that, you can have. I'm glad fi- it was a small bite. That's yeah, I don't, I don't think they expected you. I didn't. I don't think they expected you. First of all, to eat a big piece but i i didn't expect it to be to be that kind of texture i imagine it to be like 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 a white fish like a cooked white fish like where it's kind of like flaky right. that's what i imagined and then just like a really a really potent version of that i know it was more gummy it was really chewy it was like eating it was like eating i don't know it was like eating like a piece of raw fish like i think like a, like i think a, a i want to say like a, a a red snapper sashimi yeah might have but... been something like that yeah, it wasn't great, but it was. It's like it's one of those things that when you go to Iceland, I think you have to yeah. do. It's an experience in and of itself, not just eating it, but going to this museum and seeing yeah, and the sure. footage of the process of fermenting yeah. the shark, and then hearing the stories about mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. what type of shark it is and all those things. So it was a really fun time to to go there. Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. Yeah, for sure, I would definitely recommend you go if you go to oh it's off the side of a like beautiful mountain as well oh yeah i mean everywhere is a beautiful mountain (laughs) i know so it's like the scenery is great too i think it's like kind of on a peninsula like on its own yeah so it's worth going yeah it's really cool and it's like you can go like less than an hour you're in and out kind of thing it's 10 Mm -hmm. bucks and you and you get the the full the full experience yeah it's like kind of like we we compared it to getting screeched in in newfoundland right like whatever (laughs) that thing is you You eat a pickled herring or something something like like that that. so it's it's like i mean it's not like a like not one of those official things but it's when you i think when you hear iceland you hear fermented shark and that's what you gotta you gotta go to see right yeah it's like it's not the busy season in iceland and there were two other 
group yeah there was there was two two people that were finishing up theirs when we got there and then two people that were starting theirs after we left yeah so So it was really cool it's a popular thing you get like your own kind of little private private tour and i'm sure there's like plenty of other spots around the island you can go get this kind of stuff i'm sure i don't think they're the only one there I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's in like... In that part of Iceland, probably. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know how popular it is, but I'm sure there's like plenty of different places you can go to, to get this I'm stuff. I'm not too sure, actually. There's got to be a whole island in just the one place that makes this fish. Well, when we this... st- yeah, when we stopped at that gas station two hours later when we were driving to southern Iceland, um, there was a brochure for that uh, I'm sure because it was close, though, no? No, but that was two hours away. Oh. So I, I don't know. Maybe. But... I'm sure there's got to be at least more than one maybe less than 20 kind of thing maybe i don't think there's 20 of anything it would be really weird imagine just like yeah that's true imagine like that though this one place was the supplier for the entire island i guess because it's closer to greenland it's all it's on the west side west coast of the of the island so i guess it is closer to greenland technically Mm -hmm. there's got to be at least one other one i'm sure Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know who knows that's probably something to look into but definitely cool really cool I'd go back to the to the museum. I don't know if I'd have. I don't know if I've had if I'd have the shark again. No, no, I wouldn't either. So afterwards, we started driving for a long time. Yeah, we decided. Well, we started driving. Billy is the chauffeur of this trip. Unfortunately, yeah, it's a problem. I know you say it's no problem. I do feel bad, but I can't drive stick shift, and I'm not learning on these roads. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but we, it yeah. was a lot cheaper to get a car that was stick shift, and I think you were excited about it. Yeah, I'd never driven an SUV that was stick shift before. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we decided to to move on and continue. We went. We drove. We drove to our next uh, stay, mm-hmm. our next place, which was in. Where are we currently? Um, I forget. What's it called? We're twenty minutes away from Hella. Oh, Hella. Yeah, that's what it is. Which is a really small town. We're like in this, on this farm, basically, in Hella. I don't think we're actually in Hella. I think we're somewhere else, but it's We're like a road away. away. Like yeah. 20, yeah, 20, 23, 23 yeah. minutes away. But on I think, a farm, and it's really cool. I think, it's but I, sheep and horses. I think when you when you type in the address, it t- gives you the name of the farm, the street that it's on, and then Hella is the city that it's, or the town that it's in. Oh, okay. So I think it's technically Hella, but maybe it's just like, it specifies that it's not right in the middle of it but on the outskirts of it but it's about what two and a half no three and a half hours away yeah three, three and a half, half hours so we're like okay like let's let's skip that hike from arnishtapi to helknar and then we'll, we'll we'll start this drive since it'll, since it'll be long and uh yeah we'll just kind of figure it out and then we'll just kind of see whatever's on the way so nothing was but nothing was really well it snowed a bunch when we were up high like i guess like you go through these peaks and valleys as you're driving through iceland and when you're on the peak it's snowing like crazy you listen to some christmas music that was really cool yeah spirit so that was really fun we I don't know if the driving conditions were scary though for you. Was, I was a little scared at some point. It was. We, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Like, there, there wasn't. It wasn't like really thick snow on the ground. But it was like you. You could tell you're you're climbing. Like you're not. You're not really driving on a mountain, but you're gaining elevation. Yeah. And then eventually, you just notice that it's it's snowing and there's like you know usually when you see like it, for the most places that we drive it's it's relatively green you might see little patches of snow here and there oh but the wind though, and the wind really. the wind is always really bad i felt like you can feel like hard pushing <laughs> yeah you can, yeah and like um, when another car drives past especially you, a truck a truck yeah one of those transport trucks the roads are so narrow that like it it pushes you yeah. like that vortex of wind yeah like... yeah it's like it's pretty interesting yeah and, and oh and all the all the the 
lanes are so narrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's 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 a it's a one lane. It's like a two lane road. Like you know, one way and the other way, and then they're all so narrow. So you're coming <laughs> within like two feet every time of a car. It's so weird. <laughs> and there's no shoulder to the road. No, it's like zero shoulder. It's like you, it's like it's like maybe like a foot of shoulder and then a drop off on either side. <laughs> yeah, a complete drop off with like sharp jagged rocks. Like so volcanic if rock. If just... your car topples over, you're yeah. getting you're getting dagger if, if you survive the roll you're probably getting <laughs> impaled by a rock so um yeah you just got to be kind of careful and people in iceland drive fast yeah they like do. like i think the speed most of the speed limits are like 90 or like no more no more than 90 people are driving 110 and like an 80 it's like just just flying i'm trying to like do the speed limit plus we're driving a diesel a diesel car so it doesn't really push that hard but anyways yeah like it was so driving was interesting because you'd go up you'd feel like you're climbing an elevation and then this kind of greenish landscape with white you know white tinges of stuff i guess of snow would be around and then you'd go up and then be covered like the whole side mm-hmm. would be all snow and it was kind of like a whiteout like almost like a white because like, you it couldn't was, really see like any of the mountains that were surrounding oh like you, in the, like in the you yeah couldn't really not that you couldn't see the car in front of you but you like it just looked like you were yeah in a snow globe kind of yeah yeah but then but then, but then you'd scary. feel like you'd go down and then the snow would be would yeah. disappear and yeah. it's like every 20, different world like you're in a different literally land. yeah <laughs> every 20 minutes you drive you have different weather it could be yeah. raining and then all of a sudden all of a sudden it's it's sunny it's mm-hmm. like you have, you have sun poking through the clouds and then all of a sudden it's snowing again mm-hmm. and then it's windy as hell we got a so, beautiful sunset too a really nice sunset yeah it was like a pink pink sky oh, kind of thing God, really nice beautiful. um so yeah, so we did that. Oh, and we we drove through a tunnel. Remember that tunnel? <laughs> yeah. It was like the Mario Kart tunnel. It looked like it was kind of like one of those Mario Kart tunnels, but it was like it must have been like three kilometers long. Yeah, it but was you, underwater. But you were driving under underneath the some body of water. Yeah. And it was crazy. really weird because again, another just one lane or why don't we call it two lane road? One lane road, really, mm-hmm. right? One forward, one back, mm-hmm. one one bound and one the other bound, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard it's not really that all that lit and mm-hmm. people are whipping in there people are <laughs> driving so fast in there right and yeah like there's trucks and you're like oh my and then oh yeah and because you're going under the water and up it's a steep drop it's like a steep yeah. hill down and then a steep climb up so it's like it's really it, that was like that was that driving in that tunnel was i found i found more nerve-wracking than driving really? in, in the snow oh yeah it was really weird because like you because like it's kind of dark there's cars whipping by you and if you go to the right you're not just going to fall off a shoulder you're going to crash to a wall yeah right and you're like and you're underwater and you're underwater (laughs) right and And then you're not only are you underwater but you're like but you're either going (laughs) steep down or steep up yeah right so really weird which was interesting but um so that was that was an experience um from there we and we basically just drove uh, right to here. We went. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have my phone, that was the whole situation. Oh yeah. So because I don't have my so, Airbnb app, which I booked this through. And of course, I booked everything. Like, and I had it all on my phone and didn't send any of it to Billy. So yeah, I couldn't log into my Airbnb because nowadays you can't sign into some on somebody else's device. You can't yeah. sign into any of your accounts yeah. on anything. We bitched about this yesterday as well. Did I? We, we both did. Well, I'm pretty sure it's an ongoing issue. Let's just put it that way. And I had to get my mom on the phone. She had to 
um, logged me into an email address, an old one that was affiliated with my Airbnb, yeah. finally is, got in. Because the other thing was weird because we pulled up, well, first of all, we pulled up to this road. It's like kind of off the beaten path. And mm-hmm. then eventually this road becomes just a gravel road. Yeah. So we're like, shit, I hope we're like in the right spot. Like, you know, I think the, the map said that it was, it was going to be a gravel road. And then we come to this place, we see the sign for guest house and there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, I guess we didn't know. We thought maybe someone would welcome us. We, we didn't know how to get the key. So Haley goes into her Airbnb, tries to go into her Airbnb. Yeah. And so I had known that the host of this Airbnb had sent me a message with all the information that we needed as they typically do. So a couple of days before your trip, usually the host will say, when you come, either I'll be waiting for you with the key or you do this, it's in this mailbox, or this is a code that you, like they'll give you all that information. And so because I didn't have access to my Airbnb, I didn't have this message. And so I had used Billy's Airbnb messaging to like reach out to the host. I hadn't gotten an answer from him. So I'm like, I needed to get into mine ultimately. Mm -hmm. And long story short, I managed to get into it, get the code. We were in our... um, our apartment or what would you call this like a dorm? it's like a, it kind of yeah both of the places we've been in kind of reminded us of dorms dorm. yeah we're like, like a nice college dorm because it's got a nice bathroom yeah it's really nice like you have your own room it's like which is basically basically just a room with a bed a little closet to hang stuff up in and then a bathroom which is inside and then you have a common area you have like a bunch of couches a bunch of tables you have a stove and a fridge mm-hmm. and all this stuff but it's common it's shared yeah yeah so yeah and well, the funny thing is, too, we get here and we're like, we're trying to look, we're looking around, trying to find this person. Like, are they here? Where are they? Like, do we mm-hmm. call them? Whatever. And we find out that we, we find a door that's open. So we're like, we, okay, we'll walk in. We're like, hello. We kind of just call around. Nobody's here. Nobody's mm-hmm. there. Like, we, and we end up getting into like the, the common area. We're like, oh, okay, I guess we we're supposed to find a key. And there's, there was lock boxes. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting and sitting in this like house. We don't have access, <laughs> basically don't have access to at this point, but yeah. we just do. We just got in trying to figure this stuff out for like a good like 30 40 minutes yeah. right so yeah it was it was interesting eventually we got in it was good mm-hmm. and then we went to the grocery store yeah to get some din din because mm-hmm. we can't keep eating out we gotta cook some food while we can while we have a kitchen mm-hmm. so yeah we went to the grocery store made some pasta made some, some pesto pasta. with pasta and some chicken. there's a couple of other people staying here as from well from czech republic yeah super cool and they're really nice so they actually just pulled me aside like right before we started and they said that tonight the uh, northern lights might be making an appearance hopefully they're quiet right now or like not super active right now but um they said that they're staying up really late to keep an eye out for them yeah. and that they'll knock on our door if they see anything yeah so, yeah hopefully fingers cool. crossed we're but... gonna look outside after this and see if we can see anything because he was saying you can see like kind of some coloration so we'll see just, i probably just like you're, you're just like looking for Maybe. it you know, oh is that it is that a thing <laughs> that's a definitely a thing but i'm down for that too no matter yeah what it is. i think that was pretty much our day yeah yeah and i think tomorrow we got a big day planned big day we're gonna see a waterfall i think we're gonna see a big old waterfall mm-hmm. we're gonna go watch or see the caves of of hella yeah which yeah. is like a historical site i think mm-hmm. man-made man-made caves we're gonna go for it's the oldest um not, what's the like a place where artifacts are found like a, an uh, artifact ar- site? archaeological site yeah it's the largest archaeology archaeological site in iceland yeah. or yeah the largest and i guess like oldest as well oh which is cool. i didn't know that yeah because it goes even before the vikings landed here oh really i thought i didn't 
Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Because it was, it has like some Christian um, relics, apparently. Oh, and yes. So. And if you if you know your Vikings TV show history, you'll remember Floki finding a cross on in an underground cave. In an underground cave. Which I'm pretty sure. So we're hoping. You have to look it up. Which oh yeah, and the waterfall apparently that is Floki's waterfall. Where Floki, uh, where the girl who committed suicide, right? That's well, the, on the waterfall that Floki like had always went to in the show, like when he found. Was that, was that the one that that what's her face? The girl in that jumped off of because. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was also the one that he like when he first went to Iceland and saw the gods. Like it was at that waterfall. Mm-hmm, he saw mm-hmm. like this beautiful rainbow and like. Yeah. The, like, the gods, gods are, here. are here. Yeah, the gods are definitely in Iceland though, for sure. Oh yeah, it's a magical place. It is. There, you can Full just you can you can, you can feel the magic in Iceland for sure. But uh, yeah, so that was pretty much our day. Pretty much our day. Cool. Cool.